Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Hey, what's up, God's people? It's Pastor Tony again. Thank you so much for joining us for week two of the Walk on Water series. Listen, I want you to do something for me. Before we get started, I want you to hit like, I want you to hit share, I want you to tag and invite somebody to join us for Bible study as we go further in this Walk on Water series. Pray you were blessed by week one. Well, we talked about you better recognize. I, I said it a little proper. You better recognize. And we talked about how Peter, uh, the reason he had such success being a disciple is because he had the instinctive know-how to recognize moments and recognize that he needed the authorization of Jesus and, and not get so used to what uh, he was familiar with that he missed divine moments to, to experience the miraculous power of being with Jesus Christ. And so we want you in the next couple of weeks to, to, to find your water, find your place where it seems impossible by yourself but possible through Jesus Christ, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So we're going to go just a little further, and we're going to pick up at the same scripture, y'all. hope y'all don't get bored over the next couple of weeks, because we're going to stay in Matthew, the 14th chapter. And we're going to pick up, I think, at the 25th verse, and we're going to look at something very specific to what the disciples who stayed in the boat and Peter, who jumped out of the boat and walked on water, the thing that he had to conquer in order to do this miracle that Jesus had commanded him to do. So we're going to pick up at the 25th verse, and it says this, And in the fourth watch of the night, he, meaning Jesus, came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if that truly is you, it sounds like you. It feels like that's you because when you speak, it, 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 it stirs something up in my spirit. But if it is truly you. Command me to come out on the, to you on the water. And he being Jesus said, come. And so Jesus got out of the boat. Peter, and so Peter got out of the boat and walked on water and came to Jesus. I want to draw your attention to 26 where it says, but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. Said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. In this Walking on the Water series, I want to speak from a subject for the next couple of minutes on hello fear. <laughs> Somebody type hello fear. I want you to get acquainted. I want you to meet fear. 
Because wherever you go in life, you're going to come up against giants. You're going to come up against situations. You're going to come up against health diagnoses. Whatever it is, you're going and, and your response to your immediate response, just like these disciples is, to fear. But I want you to get acquainted with fear because fear is always going to be present wherever God is in operation. Because the enemy knows that fear is the antithesis of faith. And he knows if he can tempt you to move in fear, it will produce the same, uh, 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 the same results in the reverse order that faith will. And so we're not going to shun fear. We're going to welcome fear because we know that our miracle is on the other side of that fear. So I want you to just type in the chat, hello, fear. We're not running from you anymore. I am going to meet you head on and I will overcome you. Now, the first thing about fear, we have to understand about fear. Fear is about preservation of self. Somebody type self. The reason that, we, that, that we're scared when we're in the dark and we can't see is because there may be something that jumps out that's going to hurt me. Preservation of self. Preservation, it is about the fear of loss. That if I'm not careful, I'll lose my life. If I'm not careful, I'll lose my money. That's the reason we're scared to get in business ventures and, and invest because we, the fear of loss of money. Some of us don't want to get acquainted with people, with people because we fear being hurt in relationships. We, we, we stay amongst our, our own little enclave because we're scared to take a risk, to trust somebody, to be vulnerable with somebody. It is because the fear of loss. And some of us would, would rather stay in dysfunctional situations and work, work environments and relationships all because I'd rather deal with the devil I do know rather than the fear of being exposed to the one that I do not. And so as a result, we don't walk through doors of opportunity simply because we fear the unknown. But I thought it was interesting that when the disciples were like, like what in the world? We're already dealing with this storm out on the ocean and this storm could tear this boat apart. And Jesus told us to come out here. Well, the only reason we're out here is because Jesus called us out here. Have you ever been in a station in life that the only reason you're in this place, the only reason you're on this job, the only reason that you're, at, that, that you're in a particular city is because Jesus told you to. They were, they were out there at the direction of Jesus, and they found themselves in a storm. That's bad enough. But to add insult to injury, now they're seeing something strange out on the water. But I find it very peculiar that Jesus said two things. Jesus spoke to them immediately. He says, take heart and do not be afraid. Mm. Jesus spoke to their heart. He's saying, look, gather yourself Compose yourself. I know there's a lot going on. I know there's a lot of chaos that's going on with these storms in the storms of life. But Jesus said, first of all, get a hold of yourself. Get a hold of your emotions. Stop being so reactionary and settle yourself. He said, settle yourself. And after you get, get yourself composed, I need you to be, be in control and do not be afraid. 
Jesus addressed their heart. Proverbs 4 and 23 says this. It says, to guard your heart with all diligence. Why? Because out of that heart, I'm not talking about your blood pump. I'm talking about your mind, your will, your emotions. Jesus said that the word of God said in Proverbs, he said, guard your heart with all diligence for out of that heart will flow the issues of life. What do you mean by that, Pastor Tony? Out of your mind, your will, and emotions, your relationships are going to be impacted. The way you approach money is going to be impacted. The way you approach relationships and business ventures, everything is going to come out of your heart. Have you ever seen a relationship go awry? It wasn't because of something external. It was because something changed in your heart. Something changed in your mind, in your will, in your emotions. You ever uh, 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 dealt with somebody who, who dealt with addiction and they have periods of sobriety? If they fell off of the wagon, it's because something changed in their mind, in their will, or in their emotions. And so Proverbs 4 and 23 is telling us you need to guard this thing called the heart. Because your life is going to spring out of it. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you're going to have whatever you speak. You're literally going to create your future by what you say. And Jesus, he didn't address their safety. He didn't address all these. He said, I'm going to speak. He said, take heart, meaning get heart. Compose yourself. And so many times we think we're going to perish. So many times we're so hyper-emotional. So many times we're, fa- we're looking at all these external things that we can't control. But what is the one thing that you can control? You can control your heart. You have responsibility of, of your heart's response to life situations. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says this. It says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. I'm not talking about, you know, having, you know, uh, being respectful of things that might happen to you. We don't want to walk around. Yes, do we, need to, do we need to respect the fact that we could get hurt and respect the car and not drive too fast? Yes, we should. But there is a difference between having a reverential fear and respect of something and being in a spirit of fear. And if, if you are constantly waking up thinking, what's going to happen to me and how am I going to do this? And, and, and you, you're in a constant state of worrying. That's a spirit of fear. And the word of God said that God did not give us the spirit of fear, but rather he gave us power, love, and a sound mind. Again, the the mind, the will, and the emotions. But I, I, I I would submit to you tonight that sometimes we've got fear that's going against our fear. And I would submit to you also tonight that there is a healthy fear. There's a fear that's good. There's a fear that's good. Hebrews 4 and 1 says this. Let us therefore fear. Now, I know this seems very oxymoronic. Pastor Tony, you, this, the, word, the word of God is in conflict with itself. Why should it tell us God didn't give us the spirit of fear and don't be afraid, yet still the beginner, the writer of Hebrews is saying, let us therefore fear. Look at this. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left unto us by entering into his rest that any of you should seem to come short of it. 
For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them, look at this, y'all, but the word preached did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith in them that heard it. The writer is saying here, it's okay to have a healthy fear. What he's saying is, he says, let us their fear coming short of our promise. Let me tell you, God has a promise. He has a will. He has a wish over all of our lives. God said, I wish above all that you prosper and be in good health. That's God's will for his children. But we will come short of it. And the writer of Hebrews is saying right here, it says, we need to live in a healthy fear of coming short of God's promises over our lives. What am I saying? Are you saying, well, Pastor, are you saying I should be walking in fear? No. There is a healthy fear to where we say, God, I need to do everything because, you know, I only have so many years on this earth, God, and you put me here with purpose. And my job is to fulfill my purpose of me coming to this earth. And so I should have a healthy fear. I should not let things weigh me down so long because I don't have a whole lot of time, God, that, 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 that no man can work when night comes. And so we've got to work while it's day. We've got to have so, a healthy fear so that we can have a healthy urgency to accomplish what God has called us to do. There's also a fear of the unknown. And that's the reason that a lot of people get into actions that are not profitable. Because we normally fear what we don't understand. But I will submit to you that instead of fearing the unknown, we should apply our faith to what we do know. The writer of Hebrews says that the reason that these people did not attain what God has for them is because they heard the word, but they didn't mix it with faith. I'm going to say that again. They heard the word that was preached. They heard the word like Peter said to come out in the water, but they didn't mix the word with faith, which lets us know that just hearing the word alone won't do it. When you hear the word, did you receive the word? Did you nurture the word? Did you let it build up in your faith? Did you fertilize that word until it produced fruit in your life? So, which means it's not good enough just to come to church. It's not good enough just to tune in on a Wednesday and hear a word unless you mix that word with your own faith. You see, Peter asked Jesus, he said, if that's you, Jesus, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. He received the word, but it was, it was Peter's faith to step out of that boat. And then he mixed his faith with the word that he heard. Is it possible that we've heard a, a, a laundry list, a plethora of word from Pastor Andy and our favorite preacher and our favorite evangelist and our, our favorite prophet even? But be, and we think that the word is not effective in our lives. It could it be put? It could it be possible that the reason that the word has not been effective in our lives is because we have not done the necessary steps to mix that word with faith. Not your mama's faith. Not your granddaddy's faith. Not your pastor's faith. Not your favorite prayer warrior's faith. But you have failed to mix your faith. With your word. And God said, if you would simply mix your faith with the word that I gave you, you won't come short of the promise. I don't know about you, 
But when it's time for me to go to get my eternal reward, and when I close my eyes, I don't want to have lived all this life, days upon days, weeks upon weeks, months upon months, and years upon years, and come short of what God had for me. But instead of fearing the unknown, we need to apply the faith that we have to what we do know. In other words, faith can only be applied to facts. I'm going to park it for just for a second. A lot of times we are worrying about what we don't know. When we, not ha- when we have not applied the faith to what we do know. I'm going to make this live in, in, in a second. Peter applied his faith to the facts of what he did know. First of all, he sought our information. Jesus, is that you? Okay, that's you? Okay, if that is you, tell me to come. If you tell me to come with the facts that I know, one, I'm on a boat. Two, I'm a fisherman. I know how water works. But I also know that, Jesus, I've seen you perform miracle after miracle after miracle. And so if that's you and your word is so good, I've been a witness to your resume. Oh, God, I thank you. And there are some of us that are watching me tonight. We have been witnesses to God's resume that he has never lied. He has never told us a falsehood. Every word that he has ever spoken has come to pass, has come to fruition, not only in the lives of us, but in the lives of people that we have surrounded. We overcome by our testimony and the blood of the Lamb, and we have seen God's resume be in action all of our lives. And we say, God, all I need is a word, and your word is factual to me. I've got trophies on the shelf that you gave me a word back years ago and I followed it uh, line by line and precept by precept and it worked out for me, God. Those are the facts. The facts also may be that this is the diagnosis that the, that the doctor is giving me. This may be a di- uh, the diagnosis may be grim. Thank you, Lord, for the facts. Thank you, doctor, for the facts. I'm not going to begrudge the doctor. And, and I always tell people whenever you get it, now that we know what the diagnosis is, now we know what the facts are. Now let's pl- apply our faith to the facts. Fact of the matter is, you may have dead up to your eyeballs. That's fine. Now. Now that you know what it is, now that you know how much you owe, now that you know what your budget is, now say, God, I'm going to apply my faith to the facts. Many times we want to stick our head in the sand because we think well, what I don't know will kill, won't hurt me. No, what you don't know will kill you. We are destroyed because of lack of knowledge and what God is telling us tonight. If we're going to be water walkers, we have to acknowledge the facts, but then apply our faith to it. And we will apply our faith to our confidence in God's word. God said, I will produce miracles in your life. But there is a need for healthy fear. There is a need for healthy fear. We're still talking about hello fear tonight. There is a need for healthy fear. I remember when my son was learning to walk and we were out in the yard one time. And I turned my back just for one second. Y'all know how I can be. You can get busy. And my son said, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And I turned around, and he was in the middle of the street because he didn't have a fear that a car could hit him. He was a young boy. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't know anything that he was any kind of harm's way. And so I calmly called him, called him over. I didn't want to scare him too much. I said, son, get here. Come here, come here, come here, come here. He came, okay. I said, 
I had him to touch the street. I said, you touch it? I said, you see the street? He said, yeah, street, street. And while he was touching the street, I raised my hand up, and the statute of limitations is over. He's 17 years old now, okay? While he was touching the street, I raised my hand, and I popped his hind parts. I mean, the hardest I could. And he was like, ah! You know why? Because I want to associate, son, you don't go out in the street because something can hurt you. And I love you so much that I, will, I am willing to hurt you right now rather than be burying you or telling your mother that you got hit by a car. I instilled a healthy fear into my son. And so sometimes it's, it, it's healthy to have a fear. But I'm going to tell you what I fear. You know, Pastor, what are you talking about? You, you're supposed to be the man of God and you're supposed to have, no, no, I have a fear. These are some of the fears I have. I fear being alive but not living. And that, that resonates with somebody. It, just because you're breathing does not mean you're living. And I want my days to count for something. Number two, I fear that I am not maximizing my window of favor. That's what I fear. That while I'm still in my strength, while I still have some youth, while, while God still has fresh vision flowing through me, am I maximizing my window of favor? We always say, Lord, I thank you for favor. We, we pray the prayers of bears. We do all that stuff. But are we maximizing with hard work our window of favor that God has given us? I fear not living out my purpose. I tell people a lot of times that you won the lottery in life. You know how many millions of sperm were trying to get to that egg when your mother and your father got together and you were the one that won. So there is purpose for you being here. And what I fear is closing my eyes, not having fulfilled my purpose, not only for the kingdom, but for my family and the ones that surround me that I love. I wake up every morning with a healthy fear. So I've got to do something. I can't just watch Netflix all day. I can't just play 2K all day because that's not essential. Am I saying that I've got to be a killjoy and I can't enjoy the pleasures of life? No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is you've got to have an urgency. No man knows the day or the hour. They make little caskets as well as they make big caskets, y'all. We don't know. And so we've got to live every day to fulfill our purpose. The last one I have here is I fear not leaving a legacy for my children. Legacy could be a spiritual legacy. It could be leaving wealth to my children for generations that come after. Is showing them how to love God and love their mother or what, whatever it is. I fear. That, that's what drives me. That's what gets me up in the morning. That, what, that's, what, that's my fuel to endure hardness as a good soldier. That's what I fear. But one thing I want to leave with you, as we say hello to fear, as we acquaint ourselves to the positive and the negative side of fear, the biggest thing that we fear that I've come across in counseling people is that we have a fear of failure. We have a fear of failure because let, let's be honest, in the story, as we go further in the story of Peter walking in the water, everybody, you know, highlights he walked on water, but then he let fear creep in and he began to sink. 
So one can say that he failed. And so many times we don't take a chance because we fear tasting the bitter fruit of failure. But let me tell you this. I would rather walk on water for five seconds than to live my whole life having never tried. I'll say that again for the people in the back. I would rather walk on water and begin to sink for five seconds. Can you imagine the sensation of walking on what you should be sinking in? Can you imagine that? I would rather walk on water for five seconds and begin to sink than to never have tried to walk ever. I want to leave this planet empty knowing that I did and I checked off every box. I want to try every food. I want to go to every country. I want to see the sunset in Dubai and Paris. And I want to make impact in Haiti and Ghana. I, I want to do all that God has assigned to my life. I, our job is to leave this planet empty. And so many times we are so fearful of failing that we'll sit where we are and we never try. But I want you to do it like Peter did. People, people try to make Peter out to be some superhero. He had a supernatural moment, but he was not supernatural. He began to walk on water. And, this, and that quotient, that balance of faith over fear... It reversed and it went the other way, and he began to sink when he took his eyes off of Jesus. And people, people, people kind of romanticize the story. It's so like, Jesus said, best you tell me to come. He said, come on, Peter. I said, okay, cool. Do you realize the trepidation and the fear that had to be in him? Yes, he was brave, but the presence of bravery does not mean the absence of fear. It's quite the contrary. He was brave in spite of the fear that he was feeling. Can you imagine his heart palpitating? Can you imagine the shaking that was going on? Yet and still, he was shaking and he was moving forward and getting out of that boat. You don't need the absence of fear to move in faith. All you need is more faith than you have fear. But fear is necessary, y'all. Fear is a necessary component. Guess what? Even if it wasn't necessary, it's always going to be present. There are always going to be giants in the land. There are always going to be mountains. There are always going to be uh, 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 enemies that are surrounding us because the devil is good at doing his job. His job is to oppose God's people and oppose God's kingdom. And one of the greatest ways he does it is doing an antithetical copy of faith which is fear. But I want you to look at those moments that when you're afraid, you say, God, there must be something good on the other side of this fear. There must be something great. There must be a miracle on the other side. And the thing that I've been praying for, it must be on the other side of this fear. Let me tell you something. There is nothing more, <laughs> uh, uh, there is nothing more uh, of a clue that there's something valuable than passing by something like a junkyard, an old mean junkyard dog. 
The reason they put that junkyard dog there, because he's mean, because they, what they want people, they want to deter people from coming to steal things of value. So instead of shunning places of fear, look at the places of your life where you find some fear, where you find the devil sending a junkyard dog. That's a clue that your stuff is on the other side of the fear. Your promise, the thing that you've been looking for, the thing that you've been seeking for, the thing that you've been fasting for, it's on the other side of the fear. So let's get this, these, these thoughts of grandeur out of our head to think that, God, I'm just going to walk into the promise. No, the devil is going to be standing with giants in the land. He's going to be standing with enemies that surround you. Surrounding, there's going to be a wall of Jericho around your promise. Let's just get that settled in our minds right now. And you may feel fear. But guess what? Who cares? Do it afraid. <laughs> See, some of us are so OCD. that we, It's got to be perfect. It's got to be lined up like this, and I've got to feel like this, and I've got to listen to my favorite hype song to get ready for it. No, sometimes you're going to have to do it afraid. Do you think that David was all brave when he faced Goliath? No, David was probably shaking in his shoes, but he had confidence in the God of his salvation because he killed the lion and he killed the bear and so he said you know what I may be afraid I may be shaken but my faith will, so, will overcome my fear and that's all God is asking us to do today don't run for fear meet up with us and hello my name is so and so and I know that you hold a key to my next level and so I'm going to meet you head on and I will face you, and I will overcome you, because I was destined to walk on water. Can I tell you, you're destined to do the impossible, but the impossible will not get done through the vehicle of convenience. There's going to be a struggle. There's going to be an enemy. There's going to be a junkyard dog that's going to be barking, but just know the reason that dog is barking is because he wants you to be afraid because he's guarding your stuff. Your stuff is on the other side of that fear. And I need you to say, I'm going to walk on this water. I don't care how afraid I am. I don't care if nobody else, everybody else stays in the boat. I feel an unction. I feel Jesus calling me to start this business, to take this job in this city, to do something that shakes me to my core. Because miracles are never going to happen in the seat of comfort. They're going to happen in the crucible of challenge and fear. So I want you to say this week, hello, fear. I'm not running from you any longer. I'm, I'm, I'm turning around. I'm saying, you know what? Hi, my name is. And you are? Oh, okay. You're guarding something that's mine? Oh, yeah, I'm going to overcome you. I'm going to apply more faith than you're trying to apply more fear to my life. And I will overcome you because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let's pray. God, we thank you for today. Lord, Lord, we are mature enough to thank you for the presence of fear. For without the presence of fear, we would not have clues and breadcrumbs to where the treasure lies, to where the promotion lies, to where the next step lies. So God, we thank you that we will walk on water. We don't care how scared we are. God, we will settle our hearts like you told your disciples, and we won't be afraid. 
Lord, we will embrace the fear. We will make acquaintance with the fear. And yes, God, we will overcome the fear because we realize, God, on the other side of that fear is your promise, is your provision, is your prosperity, is the healing in the next level that you have for us, God. So we thank you, Lord, that we will no longer run from what scares us. We won't condemn ourselves for feeling a little fear. But God, we will run towards what the enemy is trying to chase us from. But Lord, we realize that he's guarding something that's ours. That giants are standing in front of our promise. And the only way that we're going to get what you have for us, God, is if we face our fears, if we face the giant, if we face the Jericho wall, and we do what you've commanded us to do. Lord, we realize that you favor us. We realize that we're your children and you, you favor us over all. And it is, your good it is your good pleasure to bless your children. So we thank you, Lord, that we stand in our confidence. We might be shaking, God, but we'll do it afraid because we become acquainted with fear, not to get comfortable in fear, but to overcome it, God. Lord, we love you. We bless you. And we trust you in this season of our lives, God. And we declare that we will be water walkers. We will step out of the boat. We will do the impossible. And even if we have to do it afraid, we will not walk in fear. But we will step out on our faith, and we will do what you've called us to do and be the great sons and daughters that you have destined for us to be from our mother's womb. God, we love you. We bless you, and we trust what you're doing in this season. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 I pray that you were blessed and your faith was stirred up to overcome and outweigh your fears tonight. And so I want you to do me a favor. I want you to sow into the good word that you heard tonight. I want you to sow into the good work of this ministry. And some of you may have some areas of fear even in finance. And I, I, I challenge you tonight to sow into the good work of World Overcomers Christian Church. Step out on the water. He's bidding you to come and to trust him even with your substance. Okay? We'll see you this weekend. And most of all, we'll see you next week for week three of Walk on Water. God bless you. We love you. Peace. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.